previously with the Quellists. I very much remember you got spilled out on the ground. You're right. <laughs> I did die. I remember dying. I remember a voice telling me that the time was near. See, I served back in the war. Boots on the ground, front lines, all of that. What's going on here? This isn't what we fought for. Uh, Luke was trying to get to know as many people as he can. So after poking around, seeking ancient armor of Osiris. Smokey, he did have a little bit of a crisis of identity. He wants to start uh, becoming a political person. Are they trying to recruit me? Someone named uh, Zanatha? I will say that all of you, your dreams are plagued by visions of fractals. Hela was the one who daringly reached into, into the plains to find Tyrek's essence. And when Tyrek felt her presence there, uh, gave him the strength he needed to overcome that spell uh, to return. Initially, she wanted to train under Jackal and learn the mysterious techniques of the Inquisitors. And this thin-framed Warforged dude. Hello there, hello there, sirs. My name is Nathic. I'm a news courier from Master's Point Journal. Since Raylene is in Cloudhenge, he's dealing with her Thane, who is a shorter, kind of slender Warforged woman named Trep. The tent flap opens, and out steps a very tall Warforged man with glowing red eyes. Smokey, finish him off. Suck on this, sucker. And the two arrows just collide and smash through his eyeballs. His soul or whatever resides in that Warforged um, reacted very badly with the holy arrows from, that were blessed by him. Tyrek, you hear a voice boom in, only in your head, and it says something along the lines of, you disappoint me, Tyrek. There is a large um, Warforged man who approaches Tyrek, and he says, Hello, uh, Skybreaker. My name's Vario, and I have a couple questions for you, but first I think we should figure this out. There's something special about all of you, uh, the Pellis. When he, he's looking at Tyrek, he's like, when you struck the killing blow on Gauntlet, a power passed into you that is going to help me find the rest of them. And then he kind of looks around and he's like, well, uh, if any of you don't know, there are eight Warmasters, and they each have a different uh, domain, if you will. Um, I also want to point out that Tyrek was not the one who planted the killing blow on Gauntlet. No, but he feels um, no need to correct it. Yeah, Mario doesn't know that. He says, um, the way that they were forged so many years ago, um, the Warmasters and their siblings, they come in twos and sometimes threes. And wherever one of the group travels, the others are likely to follow very soon. Now, Gauntlet, his specific brethren would be uh, Pauldron and Bambris. And I have reliable information that Pauldron is likely somewhere here in Elsira. Now, I don't know exactly where, but I could take a guess at probably the old capital. Even hard. I'm sorry, totally off the table, but <laughs> is there a cod piece? Uh, no. <laughs> no. no. It, it, in the meta, it's Gauntlet, Helm, Curus, Pauldron, Grieve, Food, Bambris, and Sabaton. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so he's he's uh, he's telling you a little bit about this. When the pairs work directly together, really bad things happen. They combine their powers, um, and they begin working on the minds of the people with the plan. Now, I can tell you now that Gauntlet and Pauldron together stirred up a spirit of war 
in this area so violent that it's no wonder that Raven and Kalahara marched for war against them. Against Gauntlet specifically, I don't think she knew about Aldrin, and I didn't know her well enough to give that information. And she's not the one who killed him, so that's why this information is coming to you. So, given that Gauntlet was killed here, Pauldron has to be close at hand. Like I said, he's probably an even hard close at shoulder. Close at shoulder. Nice. Helm and Curus are very likely working somewhere in the Far East. Um, Helm and her cunning mind are working on the smaller villages, while Curus is providing them with a false sense of security to help lower their guard and attempting to likely stir up some kind of conflict. I don't know what, but something. Um, Grieve is working effectively for the Shrike Temple, which will confirm to you exactly what Jacko just told you. Boot and Sabaton are working uh, with Grieve somewhere in the west, um, again, working on smaller, smaller communities. Um, Boot is very cunning, and Sabaton is something of a sadist. His domain is pain and their whole thing is to find ways to commit acts of pain among the smaller communities until they give in and allow the Shrike cult to secretly invade their communities and allow their influence. And that's what they're working on now. And I just want to make it very clear that all of them need to be wiped out. They all need to go. The problem we run into is that when one of them dies, the power from that one splits and the others become stronger. This was the result of their creator some 500 years ago when they were forged in the fires of Mount Everflame by Ryle Redstone. He put some kind of magical <clears throat> enchantment into them that allowed for this. Now, like I said, a part of that was stolen by you when you put an end to Gauntlet for good. And so therein lies some power to take them down, but it is going to become increasingly harder to do so. Which I hope this explains the um, the power differential that when you knew <laughs> Grieve way back in the day, and he wasn't as strong as he's become now. Jackal's going to make eye contact with a number of the lesser guild members who have been... Uh, working on that thing we talked about for the demigods. Oh, yeah. And tell them to see if they can make it multi-purpose. If we can trap them before we kill them, it might make things a lot easier. He seems to be wanting to deal with you directly, so I won't ask him where he fits into this. Well, after all, I am the one who killed Gauntlet. <laughs> 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 Am I present or? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I'm I, just. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm just keeping the poker face. <laughs> this is more trouble than it's worth. Oh, okay. So <clears throat> things that we need here is a bit. Uh, Fifth edition. What did sense motive? That's uh, insight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Um, you have no reason to believe he's lying to you. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was going to tell you whatever it was awful. Mostly trying to see if there's anything, felt like there was anything more to what he was behind what he was saving out. But with a nine, I'm not going to know. So. So let me get this straight. Are you one of them brothers? 
Are you one of them war generals? Do you have a path of war? No. I'm not of a, of a domain of pain. Inside check. If you feel it necessary, I'd rather not tip our hand now, but we can confirm if we must. There's no reason to mistrust him, yet. Sure, Chuck. Honorable guy. Probably never <laughs> killed a spider's girlfriend or something. Stand up individual. Because I'd otherwise fuck you. <laughs> otherwise, I have no reason to trust you. Alright. So, we know where Grieve is. More or less. Grieve seems to be the easiest to locate. He, he hasn't really tried very hard to hide himself, and I think that may be intentional. Well, why are we waiting for her? Cracker sauce. But working our party now? Cracker sauce? So who's going to question the Tin Man? Vario. We are certainly going to deal with the Warlords, because they are a threat, and they need to be stopped. And their continuing presence on this world is unpleasant, distasteful, and causing problems for everyone. However, I don't believe that you're here purely out of the goodness of your own heart to see to it that they're stopped. So, why are you here? Um, he's silent for just like a second. Um, and you don't take it as a hesitation, but as a, how do I say this? And you can tell it's building up to something. And Barrio says, if I gave you the impression that I'm here out of the goodness of my heart, then that's not a bad thing. But my goal here is revenge. Gauntlet was one of, well, eight to turn against me and my brethren, um, my forge mates, when so many years ago, left me for dead, left them for dead, didn't kill them or allowed them to die. And that's not something that I'm able to forgive. I've lived a long time and I've done many things to try and forgive that sin, but I'm unable. And so I'd like their scourge gone. And that's what I want. So, goodness of my heart or selfish reasons, I will choose to say goodness of my heart, sure, but absolutely I'm here for my own ends. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Um, and then, and then he, he like, he's looking at you still, and he's like, I feel like we have a similar thought process on this, that Gauntlet betrayed you as well. So we have we have some common ground. I'm sure, I'm sure that you can understand. You didn't ask about how to track them using the person who killed them. Using what? How to track them by using the person who killed Gauntlet. Tyrek would remember. Tyrek will remember so. this. <laughs> <laughs> Tyrek will remember that. <laughs> Gore guts dies. Everything that happens, a pebble moves on the ground. Tyrant will remember that. Yeah, it just comes. I will avenge myself, Pebble. Never goes away. He turns. He turns the corner, and there's a hundred people working, and your 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 chat feed just expands. Sorry, continue. Completely derailed me thinking of things unrelated to this. So. You were able to track 
not just us down, but me, and to see that part of their energy had come to me because of killing him. Is that something that we can use? Do you know of a way that we can use that to more directly look for them? Well, I have to admit, I just know that the Quellists were the ones who ended Gauntlet's life. I don't... I, I am putting an assumption here that it was you, Tyrek, given your history with the creature. Um... But everything that I know about the War Masters points to the idea that some of their power is split and given to the killer. That Can we assume Wario. that maybe there's, they're around the same number as the Ettercaps, because they're like a smaller population, but not as small as those serpent people? The, yeah, the, the, so the, the serpent people are probably even smaller. The serpent people are all but extinct. Yeah. I think that Sanitar was the last of his kind. Oh, okay. But do you think the Warforged and the Ettercaps are around roughly the same number? There's probably way more Ettercaps than Warforged. Overall. Just not on the yeah, surface. That's, that's a hard one to quantify. <laughs> because the Warforged have a finite number. I don't they don't reproduce. The Forge is um, dead. Yeah, they have, <laughs> they, the, the, there are no more <sighs> Forges because they're, the need for the Warforged back when, like, you know, as... Let's have a, a world history lesson. <laughs> How about, I, 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 think maybe, I think this makes more sense that maybe <laughs> Gorgas was asking these questions to Mario. And so Vario's like, well, let me tell you a little bit more about my people. Exactly. <laughs> How much number Ellicaps is there compared to your Warfog? Um, well, there are two different iterations of Warforged. There were the Warforged that were forged back during the war against the Plane of Shadow. Um which maybe some of you know a little bit about that story, which essentially the climax of that war ended in where is now known as Harp Cry, where Kandros Harpy Herald stopped the, the beast by sacrificing himself and destroyed the, the Beast of Darkness, which then uh, its skeletons settled into the land um, and the harpies came and nested there, and that's where they um, named the harp pack uh, Delta and Harp Private City, the River of the Harpy, etc., etc. But the war, there were a group of warforged who were forged for a purpose there um, in fighting against the Plane of Shadow. It was a necessary thing for the survival of the material plane. Then came Ryle Redstone about a thousand years later. Who then turned the forge back on, remade it, if you will, and began forging his own army. And that's where I came in. That's where my people were created. My my iteration of World Wars. That's when the eight war masters were created to go and do Ryle's bidding. There's a lot more of us in that iteration than there are left of the older ones from the Plane of the War of the Plane of Shadows. Um, mostly because there's been a lot more time for them to have either fought each other or been killed by others. So, or... including um, Vario, there's technically what seven now left. 
Of the War Masters? There's all, there's seven yeah. War Masters left, yes. Yeah, okay. After Gauntlet died. Okay. So um, we can confirm that Vario did get that power up after Gauntlet's death. Uh, there's seven War Masters, but there were a bunch of other War Forged yeah. at the same time. He, he's not part of uh, what uh, Bloodstone made, basically? Not that you know of. Oh, okay. He, he's explaining is that he was created... Like, there was the eight War Masters that were created, and then, and then like, the rest of the foot soldiers came along. So and, they're, they're and like... they were commanded by the eight War Masters. Uh, the rest of the soldiers. Because Ryle Redstone was just... He was the guy that the, the War Masters was, reported to. Do we know if Vario was made from Bloodstone, though? He he just doesn't come from the same batch as he the other come War from, Generals. Yes, he doesn't come from the same batch as, like, hmm. the Plane of Shadows. I have an idea of a way that I might be able to figure out where they are, but it's a secret and I don't want to tell anybody. <laughs> Can't tell you that. Have we received any message from Grant yet? Um, that's a good question. Yes. Okay. In that case, Grant would have told you that those those people he'd been tracking all went into the temple escorted by Grieve. Although Grieve didn't go in after them. They went in, and he stayed out, and then continued on. Also, would have told us that Grieve is very powerful. We're pursuing another Warforged. I mean, that's the hook I'm saying. Oh, sure. <laughs> but, but I mean, so, absolutely. I see like, what you did. But instead, yeah. I want to go fishing. <laughs> I'd rather go. I feel like it would be wise to locate them before we move on one. If uh, Cook seemed coherent enough to be up to it asked him if he could replicate Tyrek's box. The box that you guys haven't put anything into yet? Over that Except for, that we've had. like, my cufflinks. Like, yeah, we figured right, out how it works That's and what right. it is, and it's something that would be great for us to have a setup, so that request would have been made. So, Cook will never deny making something for you? He just refuses to go outside. He's just... He's just okay. smithing and stuff like that. He he refuses to <clears throat> put his life out on the line. He, so he's helping you out, but in an indirect way. Where is he hanging out? In the I don't. I don't have killed? to tell him. Oh no, you're a mystic. You probably could just like sense it all, Xavier, like or something like that. Yes, actually. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's basically um, in the Gastromancy Guild. There's like a workshop, and he has uh, Bucket Fane standing guard and. Nothing will go through. I like the idea it's... of him like sleeping on top of Bucket Fang. <laughs> Is the time that it's passed long enough for that to a week to forge a, a set of small teleport boxes? Yeah, I think that's that's totally reasonable in my opinion. My my thinking on that was to keep one in the guild hall and send one with the party, so there's easy communication. Yeah, that's smart. So, so but... we don't have to rely on. Mysteriously synchronized male birds. <laughs> so, uh, besides working on that project, he's like doing that whole uh, was it decanter of water? There was some other um, was I think it was like bag of holdings to help kind of stimulate the economy to get money back in because we had some repairs. So he's trying to he he's basically kind of acting as our our kind of bank, getting back money to fund okay. our endeavors. That's what Cook's doing. Is um, strings helping out with that a little bit? 
think? I think he was like hired on as a like a chef or something That's like right. that. Yeah. That's right. So he's yeah. probably like on the grill or something like this is bullshit. Does he refuse to give Jackal any items containing pocket dimensions? He's gonna yeah. caution you, but you know, as long as you're, you know, like paid or whatever, he's not gonna refuse a customer. <laughs> and can the boxes be linked in sets and not just pairs, or are they pairs specifically? That's a good question. I would personally rule those as being pairs. Can those boxes be made slightly larger? <laughs> or the size to be able to transport a book through it. That might be a little more, bit more costly. Yeah, but how much? Yeah, just make it a wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Hey, I'm going to Narnia. What? Um, how about we say um, it'll be twenty five hundred for the set to do it the size of a book. Okay, that's more than Jacqueline has. So if anyone else wants to help, what? What? what how much did you need? Uh, another twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Okay. How does that Wait, the, the, the money grubbing man is giving money? Danny tends to play characters that don't make sense. <laughs> Would uh, the church have um, healed the people who were trying to um, dine and dash? What? Remember who used to work there? Medusa? Oh gosh! <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Sure, probably. As long as they pay their debts and stuff like that. Luke, you have access to six-level spells now, right? Uh, yes, I do. It would probably be a good idea before leaving town to set your return at your temple. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. I'll um, swap out true scene instead. Well, it doesn't have to be prepared. You just have to have it set there and then, like, you can take a nap and prepare it and then go the next day or something. Do you want Vigil accompanying any of the uh, investigations of those places where the Warforged are likely to be? Yes. What do you guys want to do? <laughs> That's the real question now. <clears throat> How do you want to start to tackle this? From Grant's report, it seems that Primark and that he's been investigating is not up there. Uh, have I gotten any word from the other agent? So right about now is when you would, like, it's right about this time, this week after the false hydra that you start getting those messages about, like, oh, you know, this group calling themselves the Liberators has just met with the Primarch. That's when all this is kind of going down. It's been a mess trying to keep track of it all, but I'm pretty sure that you guys are only about a week and two days behind. Isn't there supposed to be like some agents or whatever, or like part of those warlords in Alcira? Like there were some reports or just... Yeah, so that's Pauldron and Vambris who were likely in Alcira somewhere. Why don't we just kick their asses? (laughs) They're awful. Why not? So I'm going to let you guys in on the little plan that I've been having regarding the uh, demigods in, in the east somewhere. and the fact that if we kill them they'll just respawn okay. Jackal has been has started to have the mantle work on cells that can have an anti-magic field placed on them and have no doors that he will uh, 
sit it, and then baleful transposition someone into it. Would that require, like, you guys to get them into the room yes. first, where it is? Yes, it would. Hey, come in here, we got- I wanna show you my bottle cap collection! <laughs> well, the- the idea- Here's the bucket- OH GOD! Hey, Ooh, check piece out of my candy. pogs! Ooh, piece of candy! Ooh, piece of candy! Boom, <laughs> my pogs! We could if- if it came to it, the idea is to disable them. Right. right. If we absolutely had to, we could kill them. And then revive them. Uh, we're, we're the new villains. I'm hardly a new villain. <laughs> <laughs> I worked for Gauntlet for years. Yeah, we know, for instance, <laughs> Kitch is with the Strike Temple. He is a, a demigod of Quarg, whatever his name Quarg, is. Yeah. If he comes back, we don't want to just kill him and have him come back again. Sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Don't, we, want to don't we have uh, agents like having eyes on, on the spawn See? spot, right? Yeah. But... That's risky. That's not reliable. Don't know if it'll work yet or not, but wanted to let you guys in on that. New idea is potentially repurposing some of that so that it could also work to hold these warforged. Because mm -hmm. if we kill them, their brethren power up. If we contain all of them and then execute them together, we don't have to deal with that. Sure. Tyrek is not as smart as Jackal. But Tyrek never sleeps. <laughs> and he doesn't forget anything. As of right now, we can send squads to investigate all of these points, but I don't think it would be wise to send our strongest force away from Cloudhenge at the moment. Or too far from Cloudhenge. As in, keep it within Alcira. Where was Kawahara marching on Edgemire? Edgemire. Marching on Edgemire. So he's trying to take Edgemire first. So to take the port and I mean, Cloudhenge is still declared under the rebellion. Even Parth right? is a losing front for her if she gets... Yeah. Her, in her words, it's a losing front for her because she goes there first because it's the capital, it looks good, sure. The old capital, I should say. It looks good, but... The real problem lies with when Farrenfear then ship over hundreds and thousands through of troops through Edgemire. If we support her, which we have not fully decided on... Doesn't, is Cloudhenge officially in support of the Rebellion at this point? Or is it still in the middle? Cloudhenge was as close to Switzerland as I could get. It was pretty neutral. <laughs> okay. But once... Once Evenhearth actually marched a siege on it, yeah, they all took a march. Okay, I mean, and we, allowed the we have an apparent like we have a like a trade like router business with them, so we're, we're on like we neutral a, terms at best. I can, right? I can we start. have a trade route with Masters Point. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Had at one point. And yeah. Got again. Yeah. I I could start writing if we, we also need, have a, if yeah, we want to head towards Edgemire, I can write to Kalahara. The um, diplomat. The, yes. The thing I'm thinking is if we choose to work with her, we can support her fight directly, or we can go to Ebonhearth while she is doing what she's doing. Interesting. A small small party can potentially get in on We could get in there easily. So why? the Vigil cannot directly support her because that would violate the principles upon which I founded it. While I believe that she will be a better leader for the people than Gauntlet was, a dead pony would be a better leader for the people than Gauntlet was. <laughs> uh, directly supporting any leader uh, would be in violation of the principles of the vigil and would undermine the people's trust in us. 
as it has been stated over and over again to everyone that we are not here to take sides or to put a leader in power. We are here to elevate everyone to an equal footing and to give and to ensure that tyrants are torn down and stopped. So, as far as me and mine go, marching on Ebonhearth and tearing down what's left there, destroying the Fair and Fear and pushing them out, is very much within what I can do. Marching with her army and putting our support behind her is something I cannot do. Cook and uh, Gorguts haven't made such a promise. They're, they're a, a big business. If mm-hmm. if we don't... It doesn't have to be an army. I we I could use the resources that are going in from basically selling magic items to financially back their campaign in the war. Certainly. Does Tyrek feel if he did we something do a individually lot, but with not the vessel or, yes. or the vigil? For it? Well, okay. that's just smart. Um, that's just good business. As I am the leader of the man excuse me of the vigil so I am the leader of the iron vigil I must okay. in everything that I do embody it so that it's known that everything I say is true there and is. not duplicitous I will send ravens to Kalahar and her men saying what if a private party journeyed to Evenhearth and possibly were curious if she had any I guess, well, I guess not to meta, but Smokey would keep this to himself, that he would ask her what she would ask of a representative of Cloudhenge if we were to go for our own purposes to Evenhearth. Because with the party, I feel if we go to Evenhearth, it will satisfy your personal interests and our personal interests. But at the same time, Smokey is very much interested in supporting Kalahara under the table. Now, where we might be able to work out for the Vigil to directly support her would be if we could negotiate essentially a treaty on behalf of everyone, in which, while she will take Ebonhearth and take Edgemire, she will not take the throne. She will instead work um, to establish essentially communal rule, uh, opening up. Kind of like a governorship, rather than. Exactly. a governorship and an oversight, but where ultimately the government is through the hands of the people, uh, through representation of everyone to give the voice and the votes of the people to control how their lives are run. That might be a hard <laughs> sell, but I'm back you on it. Because if if she can march with that and is willing to agree to that, then we can the vigil would support her fully. Did Smokey's campaign just take a kind of freeze after all what happened with the false hydra? Whatever happened to that? Um, I don't think that he gave up on his diplomacy stuff. I mean, obviously it took a pause for the hydra. There was a delay, and then given the events that happened, there was an actual delay. At this point, assuming he is doing it, I find it extremely unlikely that he won't be. Well, I think he's going for Jarl. Oh, he's Jarl, going for yeah. Mastine's okay. job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Mastine basically told me, from what I remember, he's like, you need to go through it. And that's when I finally decided, okay, I will. So, do we have to be sneaky with her support? Could that endanger your campaign with being, well, again, not, not to meta, but Smokey 
has supported Kalahara from the start. Oh, okay, so he doesn't care. Okay. And he will address the group as, okay, I will do that, but if I'm writing Kalahara, I'm going to write as a friend to her mm-hmm. and support her. Uh-huh. So You're not representing the Quellus, you're representing right. Milo yes. Pipecarver. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's Absolutely. the only one running who has saved the city from a god and an abomination. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think I think the campaign posters have changed to like this Warforged skull with two arrows sticking out of it, and it's like, yup, and that's the official <laughs> campaign slogan. <laughs> yup, <laughs> yup. Smoky Pike Harbor, basically a demigod. I think that finding and dealing with Pauldron and Vambrace is our first and most important step, since they're closest. They endanger our city. And since theirs is the most direct influence, the others are all extremely dangerous. Every one of these, every one of the War Masters is dangerous. But these two are directly agitating and stirring people to war. Which is also going to make anything that we attempt with negotiations with anyone more difficult. It may well lead her to decide to march on Cloudhenge after she marches on Ebonhearth. Because, look, there's this big, powerful city that's not mine. I need to conquer it and make it mine. Well, if we openly support her, that won't be the case. <laughs> Except that it's ours. There's us here. There's the, the guild hall of the Mantle of Light. There's the Iron Vigil setting up and establishing themselves near here. All of these things are near here and clearly have a strong influence on the area. And while I believe that she of herself would not consider us a threat to that, with the influence of people like that, of those war masters, sure. it's very difficult to say what she will do. What's the vigil stance once there is, if we do end up having a new, for example, monarch who is just, what is the vigil stance? Will they support her? No, but we would not interfere with her, so long as she does not... Essentially, if a ruler is just and does not cause mm-hmm. undue trouble for the for the people, for the population, we will not interfere with their rule. Um, the vigil... is to exist... is to remain vigilant and to remain out of politics as much as possible. The goal is to make the day-to-day lives of everyone safer and better by dealing with the brigands who still prey on them, by making the roads safe, but also by removing tyranny where it is and giving the chance for a just government to come in, or a government that is equal to come in. Is this the first time Kawahara has marched east of Cloudhenge since this has all started? This is um, the first yeah, because she... her big push was to get to Cloudhenge okay. first. That she was fighting, because um, originally okay. it was the Evenhearth army that marched on Master's Point. Okay. Um, they had, the, that was like, that was why she gained so much renown, yeah. was because they were literally infesting, like they were in Master's Point, and she pushed them out. Mm-hmm. And then their main force of the army came through, took over Bayshire, and she pushed them all out and away. Okay. 
Um, and that's why she gained so much renown. So they they were regrouping in Fort Jonan when the Liberators came through the first time. That's with them like regrouping and then marching for an assault on Cloudhenge, where where the two armies essentially met. And uh, and then when Cloudhenge got in the middle of it, that's when the people of Cloudhenge were like, "Yeah, okay, um, they're not hurting us. You yeah. guys are." So <laughs> how historically in Elsira has it been? There's been a Keenart queen who will call a moot of the Jarls if necessary. Is that how the government rules? Or are they basically just, this is your land, this is your hold, I leave you to it, is how it's been historically. Um, it's like, yeah, every city has their own Jarl who is in charge of like what happens in the city okay. and everything like that. But the person who has like the overriding rule of every city was the whoever had the seat in Evenheart, the okay. capital of Elsira. Okay, I think Smokey, with his relationship with Tyrek, and what he thinks of Kalahar, and what he's interested in personally, he's really interested in drafting something that Kalahar, if he's sure he's going to become the next Jarl, which I think might take time. I have, I have an idea of what Smokey wants to do to satisfy our needs and what he thinks will be best for Cloudhenge in that case. Raylene is also familiar with the Mantle's Charter and the fact that they do not swear any allegiance to a nation that holds a guild hall, but they do promise to protect any city that houses a guild hall from unprovoked attacks. So if she does, for whatever reason, decide to march on Cloudhenge, she knows the mantle will fight her. Yeah, yeah. They'll fight back. Okay. Later on, just every major city in Elsira just have a guild hall. So, what we're helping out the, you know, the people there that anyone tries to fight becomes a, uh, you know, oh, you're attacking the guilds. That's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> my my goals are similar to his in that we're trying to help the people. Our methods are entirely different. But <laughs> the mantle isn't there to support the government. The mantle is there to support the people and will protect the city if it's attacked without... I mean, if, if a city it provokes... Like, if you attack someone else and they attack you back, we're not helping. Yeah, but... The, gas, the Gastromancy Guild is kind of lame. It's very simple. <laughs> it's They're very greedy, but they have goodwill. It's basically to make sure um, the communities or the cities don't go into poverty or, you know, basically a whole financial crisis. I don't so think there's anything they, lame they, about they, that. They, they, the whole goal yeah. is, through the whole greed, is to bring money in so it benefits all and to make sure one, no one never ever goes hungry again. But that's that's awesome. the gastromancy. That's an incredibly skills. awesome thing. And I don't think there's anything like about Synergizing that. with that, eventually Tyrek wants to start building the best name I've come up for them now so far is the Perpetual Forge. Basically uh, around in like starting with the most remote cities that they could like hamlets basically build like education centers basically like look come here we'll teach you better ways to farm better ways to take care of your crops and raise your livestock better ways to build your town how to take care of yourselves and build yourselves from being this crappy little mud and waddle town into being a real place and how to raise yourselves like socially and economically raise yourselves up to being a real place and just like look Great, all the way out there in the middle of nowhere, we're going to you first. Gonna get you built up. Gonna build one over here, all the way out in the middle of nowhere. Teach you guys how to build yourselves up. 
you over there, you over there, to make these little places that are nothing and are struggling to survive at all, able to build themselves up to where they're strong and can stand on their own. Decades down the road, another continent attacks the Sierra Nevada with Marines. <laughs> well, his goal is to do that worldwide. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're pretty... <laughs> Pretty gills, but we're looking out for the people, everyone at large. Turn your D and D game into civilization. This is this, this is, is very much civilization. So political, I love it. That's why I that's why I like actually the whole thing that happened to Cook with the false hydra because this gets him out of the picture where he's remotely safe, where he can focus bringing income yeah. to yeah. finite. Fences while I have Gorguts basically being the muscle out there. That's uh, pretty cool. So, yeah. <laughs> so another option we have is to act in Ebonhearth without Kalahara's knowledge. It's true. I suspect that Smokey is not favoring that idea. Depending on what Jackal's doing, he'll know that's a fact, or he won't know that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, okay. Jackal is doing something there already. <laughs> Everywhere. There, yes. there are spies everywhere. <laughs> That's a really good point, is Smokey's, just his very method of writing the Kalahar is probably... Yeah. Yeah. Figuring out your power structure is so important, <laughs> and it's like, this can only be done in person, I feel like. If we were doing this over the internet, it's too easy to talk yeah. over each other. But so what's our nation's policy? What's our national policy? The liberators that get back to Elsir, they're going to be like, what the fuck happened here? <laughs> Diplomatically, it's a very good idea to approach open-handed our neighbors <laughs> out to do a good thing yeah. it just remains to see how closely we can ally mostly how closely I can ally with her because yeah. obviously my rogue will be able to as Jarl or mm -hmm. no as Jarl of Cloudhenge he'll be allied with her quite closely mm -hmm. um, the mantle will work with her quite closely the, gastro the gastronomics, you guys are going to be working with anyone that you can because it makes sense. You can get the food out and all that. The main question is going to be how closely can the Iron Vigil work with her, and that's all going to depend on you can basically some be of her answers, which I do feel a lot of it's going to depend on us finding those war masters and getting them out of here. Did I ever met any of those other ones? Any of the other war masters? Not that you would have been able to pinpoint immediately. Oh. You've met other warforged certainly, and you've seen other warforged people like meeting with Gauntlet in your yeah. time that when you've known him, you wouldn't know for sure. As of right now, we can't reasonably have the Quellists act in any manner that the vigil can't act because there's no person who would see Commander Skybreaker and not associate with Sure. So they, they've, everyone probably knows the Quillis and, you know, taken pictures. They haven't taken a picture of Gorguts. You guys could do it through proxy, like, hey, here's the ga gastromancy that, you know, the leader there. I mean, Cook's not doing it, so it kind of basically used me as a front. If we go to Evenhearth, are we going to find one of these, or we, do we even have a lead on something right now besides the Shrek's Temple? Are we spending time to have your network basically kind of getting exact? Well, our guest here has told us that he believes we would like to find one. What if we were in closer proximity with uh, even hard? Would that benefit us in any way? Or basically, as soon as we get info, we could just immediately move in. 
we could we could set up maybe we're yeah. scouting the area to set up more uh, guild houses. We just happen to be there. It's not like we're waiting for information to get back to our ears. Hesitate to reach out to Evan with an offer on the guild hall. Yeah. Doing so would obligate me to fight against Kalahara if she attacks. How is it south of Skull Forest if we were to go from the south? There's not a whole lot happening down there. Refuge, Atrium, Ballast, they're, they're pretty uninvolved, pretty neutral as far as. I think Ballast was more even hearth leaning because they had a lot more trade with even hearth, um, but. Any, any neutral party city, I want to see if they want to get involved. I think south of Skull Forest is something Kalahar is not considering that we should. And Smokey cares because of Kalahara. But I do also think it's going to help the party immediately. If we're looking to get to Evenheart, anything we could avoid going north of Skull Forest is going to keep Tyrant out of showing official support. The first thing we need to determine before we make a move is what stake our guest has in this. I don't think anyone's going to object on, you know, the gastromancy guild because they basically bring fine dining and food and mm. help the economy and that's wherever a, they go. That's an easier sell than we're here to fight tyranny. It's basically the nice mafia yeah. guilds. <laughs> well, I mean, the the public front of the mantle is public works and services. Sure. What is that? Is that an eclair? Did I make that? No! What? But I'm hungry! You'll get food in prison. Food <laughs> It'll be better food. Trust me. It's obvious that Mario has more of a stake in this than just, I'm doing this because of my good nature and I want to take care of people. So the question becomes, what is his stake in it? Does my informant know Mario? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. One of my informants came from the same care of somebody who controlled him and Mario at one time. I could question him on Mario's motives from his history. Or if there's anything ever went by another name. Not that I'm aware of. I think it has always been Mario. Always. He used to be under the care of a uh, Lady Egam in a Haver Cross against his will before he broke free. It's likely that probably be like a goblin's power diverted to me. Because my pact is held by one of Horde's domain partners. And since I was right there, but more of a beacon than the other members of his set. And since Goblet is, was a cleric of Horde, that's a possibility. That's likely not that happened. It's also a possibility, though less likely. Yes, it has to do with that bit of his head. As for our first move, then, why don't we see if we can get him to tell us how to track the others? In the meantime, I am going to go have a talk with Cook and pick his brain <laughs> the about these. Oh, God and see if we can have them prepared. Another question, I'm not too sure if it looked too military-like. I could see possibly if um, Cook could make us, like if we have any forces or like a city fiend, if we want to advance to like firearms or stuff 
We're going to start building firearms. But that's another idea. If that's a legit up. idea you have, Smokey's going to be writing you a long letter. I'd probably give Does you the one that other than I would enchant or yes. something like that. Fuck yeah. It says Yas Queen. Final <laughs> <laughs> Hand is going to have firearms. Alright. But I've got to tell you guys, because I was so proud of thinking of it, the way that Tyra can take that you remember everything within the last that you've seen or heard within the last 30 days and to make it I can remember everything uh, basically <laughs> nested nested memories patterns that you use as okay you know like the like the the mnemonics that people use or like the you know like the WYSIWYG and things like that it's like yeah. okay so I make a pattern that I used to remember a longer set of things except that pattern is for a bigger pattern, is for a bigger pattern. Mm. <laughs> it just his brain is like a horrifically organized database <laughs> that he just periodically has to sit there and unpack and either say or write out a whole bunch of stuff to then be able to remember. It's like he's a and, and then repack it all. And it probably That's hurt. very much where I got the idea from. <laughs> it's so awesome. And since he doesn't sleep he has the time to do it. <laughs> Are you like secretly like a brain stealer dragon or something yeah. like that? <laughs> no, but he is certainly an insane warlock. <laughs> I just imagine that on like, okay. some level it irritates Tyrek that his memory patterns remind him of Ichabar's fragments. So do we think we could feasibly track somebody if we're close to Ivanarth or we don't really have any clues as to track, do we? We know that they are likely up there. Um, I do believe I have a way to get a decent idea where they are. I could always just ask knowledge. Interesting. Hey, where are they? I want to go pick a fight. Are we aware of warforged in this world that aren't related? Like, are there innocent, for example, warforged? Yeah, they were all forged more or less around the same time. Well, actually, some are a lot older than... Others. I was considering asking, <laughs> but we'll probably just get pointed at Warforce that had nothing to do with what we're looking for. Like, uh, what can I roll since I've met Barry in person? Is there anything I can roll to think about Gauntlet? Is there any like, discerning features on them? So if we were to see another Warforce walking the streets, we could go, that's one of them. Man, that's tough to say because I think Gauntlet was probably the first dead Warforce you've ever seen. That's fair. Because um, there's not a ton of them. I mean, I, I realize that I've thrown out a lot of Warforged in your your guys' campaign specifically. Yeah. There was Nathak, the artist one, who took the image of you guys. There's Trep, the yard. The That's right, we have a photographer. Yeah. Did, did Grieve have any distinctive, like, filigree or markings or anything about him? Um, the most distinctive thing about Grieve is his eyes. Um, and I mean that as in, yeah, Warforged have, like, colored eyes just like anyone else might, um, but something about the way when you've seen Grieve, his eyes were far brighter. But Gauntlet didn't have that. No, Gauntlet did. His, Gauntlet his did were, too. I believe his were piercing. I think they were red. The, the box that the party has with them is just going to, to suddenly have a little slip in it that just says... Greaves' eyes burned like gauntlets. So that is unique to the War Masters? Would I, I would say it's definitely a distinguishing feature. Okay. I am going to write to my informants <clears throat> in Hollowhand, Refuge, Havercross, 
we're looking for warforged with distinct I'm curious if, if we are going to set our sights on Evenhearth and if we are going to go to the south, I want to know if there's any south of Skaldin, uh, Skullforced. If you see any warforged, with kind of like, tell us their eye color. No, <laughs> I would even describe it as, since I, that's true, we did meet a warforged, at least one or two who weren't generals. So I feel like I could put in the words how different those eyes were, considering we killed one. And we've yeah. met others who just, oh, I need your picture. You definitely remember meeting Trep. Okay. The, the, the Thane uh, Master's Point, Raylene's second command. That's right. Um, you remember Nathek, the yeah. artist. Oh, and then, and then of course, okay. um, your informant. In fact, since he would probably be taking the information, he might be the one that would be informing Havard Cross. I would ask him too if he has met any Warforged to have eyes much different than his, that have this piercing, distinct manner. Tell us Loke's plans. I'm not sure what to do as far as to find them. I mean, as far as trying to help, like, I'm all for it. I mean, and I feel like you guys are already on the right track as far as to using Chris's abilities to find them and then just kind of teleport to them. I mean, with there only being seven other Warcasters, once we locate one, I mean, I feel like it should be kind of a domino effect. I mean, there only being seven of them, it's not like they're not all going to know each other or have some sort of information that can help us get to the next one, right? Then when we capture one of them, we can certainly try to take, interrogate them. So are we going to make our way to Evenhearth or no? So I need a couple hours of quiet time. <laughs> What time is it? Um, we all get I feel like in you guys sleep because there's been a lot of discussion, and so I feel like because not all of this would have been in front of Mario. I would say the election's probably within the next month. Okay, next thirty days. We okay. got a soul um, in that, time. so that gives you there's there, you're easily able to go even if you went around the bottom end with just the five of you moving pretty fast, considering that you don't have need to like stop for a bunch of resources and things like that. Uh huh. Um, you could definitely get to even hard to do whatever you need to do and get back before that month. So. <laughs> Seventeen perform check with a violin. Um, with Jackal or with Mira? One? With Mira. Okay. <laughs> so I was gonna say you I fail mean, automatically because you don't have the requisite. <laughs> he has it in his teeth with the violin mounted on the wall. He's like, uh, Mr. Can't. Yeah, I, I think I think there's a really gorgeous song that fills the halls. I swear to God, I keep thinking that someone's in the bathroom right now, and I'm realizing. I'm just more aware of Chris being <laughs> present, but he's not here in the room with us. So you think he's just messaging from the bathroom? What's up? Get out of the bathroom. Put down the yardstick! Yeah, Mira starts playing a song, and it's not a song that you've heard before. But suddenly, you guys recognize that uh, the the room looks a little more colorful. Tyrex, Smokey, and Luke, you guys all three have this like moment where you remember when you're on the on the ocean sailing to Kaistra, and you remember that. Did Jackal tell everybody about the dream that he had? I don't want to just say that he did. I want to say because he yeah. was interested in trying to make it happen again, right? Uh, like yeah. Um. <clears throat> You guys all kind of are overcome with this, like, sense, this, like, weird deja vu of being back on the boat. But the thing is, is that the song that you're hearing now sounds way different. Um, it's still just as beautiful, and it, it, like, it really pulls, you know, some kind of a, you know, in, without a better term to say, it pulls your heartstrings. 
Um, but it really, it really strikes a chord with you. And you know that something has definitely changed because this is really the first time that you've. I mean, you know, I'm not. I'm sure that Mira's played music before, but there's definitely some kind of a stirring of the Holy Ghost happening here. Is this a song that she has heard before? Or no. Did she, okay. If you, if you, well, because you are playing her right now. No, yeah. she has never heard this song before. But it is coming to her now, and it is flowing out through her. Yes, the Fantark has begun playing the song anew. And beauty has now flown out from the realm of song. And yes, the song has um, the sounds of beauty and death and tragedy and marvel and just all kinds of different themes that you aren't used to from previous times. Yeah, and I think it brings a really light mood to it, it, it helps soften the mood in, in the hall. Or, and I think maybe everyone was kind of gearing up for this big thing, and it helps calm tensions. It doesn't lessen your resolve, so to speak, but it helps everyone to kind of refocus and see the mission for what it is it is a fight for the people, which is what you all have been doing from the beginning. So, oh, this is pretty. Well, that was a completely unintentional diversion. So what are our options here? We go north, we risk making the Iron Vigil seem aligned with Kawahara's efforts to storm even hearth. We also will probably run into Farinfer Mercs. Or we go south, where there's no war, no Kawahara. Unless somebody thinks otherwise, I think we should go south. Interested in... If we're going to go past Hallohan, we're going to go near the land of Havard's Cross, Refuge. And is Atrium's the last one? Yeah. Balance. That I would be making them at least aware that we'll be traveling. And I would probably be letting them know that I'm traveling with the Mantle of Light and the Iron Vigil. Two organizations that you and your people might be very interested in being allies with. So, I believe given the length of time it will take for Army to reach Edgemire and go any further, but traveling that way is... Alright, um, by morning I will likely have an idea where the other two, where those two war masters are, which may influence our plans somewhat. You get a message in the box that says, when you're ready to leave, stop by the Gastromancy Guild for a head start. Is he just like propped up in Cook's quarters? Unless he's able to convince Cook to leave his room. Jackal's gonna be back and forth between the guild hall and the Gastromancy basically the whole time trying to sort out the, the traps. Most of the, the guild I, management is gonna be handled by a crow. I like the idea that Jackal's there, like, under the pretense of working on traps and stuff, Which and then actually he's kind of just keeping Cook company. He also had those guards from the strike fight observe. Mm-hmm. And probably knows that people struggle with having just been dead. Yeah, <clears throat> Cook's basically traumatized. Uh, you guys ride south, um, and it doesn't take you but half a day to ride into... Are you going to Lord Temple or Hallahan? I recommend Hallahan. Yeah, you can get there pretty quick. You're greeted by the people at the gates. You know, they recognize you pretty instantly. They're like, oh, you know, it's here comes the poets. They're they're not very. It's not really man. There's not a whole lot of caution going on. I think they feel very safe where they are. 
Um, and so they've diverted a lot of their guards mm-hmm. away from the walls and more into the city. There are, of course, a couple lookouts who signal your approach, and there is a concierge of a type who meets you inside the city gates. Well, what an honor to have the, the quellists here in the in the city. Um, giant firebelly gore. I'm sorry, gore guts. That's your name. Yes, <laughs> of course. Um, and of course, it's a beautiful. Uh, Vampiris Mira and uh, Master Skybreaker and uh, hello Milo, how are you? Doing well. How's the city? How are your people? Very well. We're faring very well here. It's um, another beautiful day. Um, we've heard uh, heard rumors that you're you, you got the um, the election pushed off and you're you're effectively running for Yarl. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Well, you have our support, sir. Not, nothing against Mastine. Um, I just don't see a, a sailor running running a mountain town. That's, I think Mastine is in the same uh, same boat. No <laughs> pun intended. Uh, Father Lunker, yes. Hello, hello. We're so honored to have you in our town. Um, Father Lunker, we, we actually have some clergy from the Pleth um, <clears throat> temple that is here. We'd like, uh, who, who'd like your input. On a problem. Nah, I'm good. Oh, okay. That's fine. I'm just joking with you. Take me to him. Okay, that's fine too. Yes, please come with me. And then he, he's, as he's leading Luke off real quick, he's like, oh, please make yourselves at home. Beer festival is going on right now, and uh... Oh, no shit. Smokey just kind of, oh, just dismisses himself almost immediately. Hey, yo! <laughs> Jarl for Hallohan is a, a man named... Delore Tuco? Yeah, Mira, you're able to track down the Yarl pretty quickly. He's actually um, at his hollow little uh, private table in a tavern known as the Cracked Egg. Excuse me, Mr. Tuco, do you have a moment? Uh, well, well, yeah, of course. Would you like an omelet? I would love Please join me. Well, what can I do for you? Um, Mira, right? Yes. Yes. Wonderful. What what uh, what brings the Quellists to my humble town? Well, we're here for a number of reasons. Uh, we're actually looking for a particular band of warforged. But uh, what I wanted to talk to you about directly was the potential of extending a guild hall of the mantle of light into your city. I have to tell you, we're only a hop, skip, and a jump away from Cloud Henge. Are you sure it's necessary? Necessary is a uh, relative thing. That's fair. Um, I have a copy of our charter here. I would like you to have this. You don't need to decide anytime soon. Is there I someone I can contact? I know that any city that holds a mental guild hall is under protection from unprovoked attacks. Um, you'll see other things in that charter there that might be of interest to you. If you are interested, just send a message to our guild hall in Cloudhenge, and we will be happy to make arrangements. This all sounds this all sounds wonderful. I do have a few questions. Um, you say uh, unprovoked attacks. I'm assuming this means from outside the city walls. Do, you, do your people help? How how will they supplement the 
<laughs> the police force. Not, now I'm not asking them to be law lawmakers or, or law enforcers, but is there any benefit to the people inside the city walls? The general function of the mantle is to act as a public works organization to help with improvements or repairs if need be. Um, and in addition to that, we act as a sort of moral mercenary group. We don't take any job just based on pay, but if it's something that is within the ethical code of the mantle, we will take jobs that require a uh, martial hand. Hmm. Well, that sounds, that sounds favorable. As you can see, we're in sort of a, a good place between Master's Point to our west, Cloud Edge to the north, and not really a lot of criminal gallivanting happening here in the south end of El Sierra, so a lot of the problems that we do have arrive from the inside. He takes the paperwork and uh, and he's like, I will, um, I'll be in contact. Thank you for, for meeting with me today. Uh, but as you're leaving, Vera's like 99% sure he's definitely going <laughs> to get a sign, <laughs> sign the charter and uh, send it back. Thank um, you for your time and thank you for the omelet. <laughs> of course. Smokey's at the, uh, the beer fest. Smokey, there are a lot of really great beers here. Um, there's one stand in particular that catches your eye. Mm -hmm. um, it's a honey mead, I guess wildflower honey mead. Mm. Um, and, uh, and you try a sample of it and it's like, whoo man, it's, it's some good stuff. Mm. And, uh, and there's these four gnomes behind this like counter that uh -huh. they're all like two of them are there's so there's four of them but they're step standing on each other's yeah. shoulders yeah and so they're like they're talking to you and they're all talking at once uh -huh. um and you can tell that all four of them are talking to you and they're saying something to you but at the same time they're also talking to each other uh -huh. and responding to each other and and like these are absolutely wild these gnomes and uh -huh. they're just like so hyped up that um, so they're super hyped that you're drinking their mead, and they're like, the words that you can make out from them are like, would you like to buy a bushel? I think I would. Let me ask you, you seem like some gnomes of discerning taste, are you not? <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, we're discerning taste! We taste the shit out of it! That's right! Yeah. Hell yeah! <laughs> Do any of you smoke the, uh, the pipe weed? Fuck yeah, we smoke the pipe weed! They just got weed. way more aggressive than I imagine they were in my head. <laughs> Imagine these like burly frat boy gnomes. Yeah, essentially. I was gonna say, like, I went into this thinking Milo's like one of his small joys in life is like, oh, I get to talk to gnomes where I get to look down on somebody for once in my life. But these guys are just like screaming at him. He's like, fuck. Um, yeah, they're absolutely going buck wild about this. I would be, I get drunk, I would be, fished. Very much interested in bringing some of this to Cloudhenge. If you might be interested in receiving both gold and trade from uh, some uh, some pipe weed that Cloudhenge and myself are involved with. Oh fucking yeah, man! <laughs> I I'll tell you what, man. We'll give you a discount if it's all pipe carver pipe. If you sell us a case of the pipe carver pipes too. Okay. Perfect. I will. Uh, I will. I will write to you when I turn in for the night. We'll make this formal. I think uh, 
some of my supporters back in Cloudhead would be very much interested in tasting this fine mead you've created. Fucking yeah! <laughs> yeah, they will! They'll put the shit out of that! Uh, I might ask you a question if you can spare me your intelligence for a further moment. <laughs> Surprisingly, they get very quiet. <laughs> Have you ever... Let me, uh, let me ask you a, uh, a question. A riddle, maybe. What does a warforge drink for pleasure? I think they drink fucking oil, man! <laughs> right you are. Smart gnomes you are. Speaking of which, have you ever served a warforge to the city? Um, they, all, they all kind of start... They break into a, de- a really heated debate amongst each other um, for a good while. Yeah, basically, the, the gist of it is that you get from them is uh, from their arguing amongst each other is that... Um, since each of them has their own apiary, they're accusing each other of having used Warforged labor in the past. <laughs> um, and, you know, and of course the, the one that they're accusing is, um, you know, throwing back accusations, of course, but at the same time he's trying to make justifications that um, <laughs> it was their choice, man, their choice. They came and worked, I paid them. You know, and then the other guys are like, it's unethical, they're robots, man! <laughs> uh, and then eventually, like, the, that ki- argument kind of dies down, and they're like, yeah, fucking, yeah, we've served Warforged before, we had a couple work for us, they used to, they used to, well, you know, I didn't really, uh, they didn't really drink a whole lot, they didn't really eat a whole lot, but man, but they sure did like to come around and smell the flowers, I think they got something going on with their nasal passages. Uh, very good, um, I appreciate your time. One fucking last yeah, thing, man. though, before I leave. And he kind of like leans over the counter looking at them a little more seriously. <laughs> That's awesome. None of these laborers had um, had piercing eyes that went through your eyes and through the back of your head into the ground behind you, did they? Wow, that's such a weird question to ask for hyper, <clears throat> hyper-talkative gnomes. So they just sort of break into chatter amongst themselves again. Um, not not arguing um, and not ignoring you. Like, you can tell they're, they're discussing it. They're like, yeah, uh, no, man, I don't, I don't really remember anyone specifically, you know, I have to admit, I'm not really the greatest for, for recognizing facial features, you know, we're, none of us really are, you know, we work with bees all the time, and the only time we really get to see people is when we come in once a year for this fucking awesome beer festival, fuck yeah! Yeah, they, they, it sounds like they probably don't pay a whole lot of attention. <clears throat> okay. Well, you've piqued my interest, can I ask you one more question? <laughs> fucking yeah, man! What's the biggest bee you've ever had in your employ? Oh man, I'd say we used to have a we used to have a whole hive. When we first started, we had dire bees. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that uh, eventually caught foot fungus from my brother, and they all died. But they they gave us our first batch of mead, and they were like as big as my fist, man. Yeah, fucking uh, okay. yeah. I, I apologize, and uh, he's he, I'm about to say something, and I'm gonna keep it to myself. Uh, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. <laughs> They're like literally like pushing each other over, like yeah, man, just like just devolving into this. Okay. It's like a cartoon I know cloud of dust with yeah. like limbs flying out of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of. All right. <laughs> There's a side of Smokey that was thinking maybe he'll try to be productive and try to ask questions, but with that he'll shrug and he'll just kind of. Oh, I'm just gonna get drunk. Like, but he mentally. Wishes he had heard that a bee was large enough for a gnome to ride on, but that wasn't the case. Does this, like, family of, like, business brothers, is there, like, symbol, like, a dire bee or something? Oh, is that please, their logo? Yeah. It's called Dire Mead. 
Dire, dire Meat Brothers. Dire Meat Brothers. Gorguts, what are you doing? I gotta establish my business here. That's the whole point. You're looking to establish a guild hall too? Oh yeah. Oh, Is it so just all beer? There's like no like wine like halls or like vineyard like great elven families or whatever? Um. There is an establishment, a building that appears as though it was a type of a wine tasting room. Oh, okay. um, and it's actually called uh, the Amarantine Vineyards. And if you were to walk in there, it's definitely like the like the highest end looking Gorguts kind of place. Is an ogre of class. He doesn't walk. He lumbers in, or he flies his ogre butt in there like a blimp. You lumber in and or blimp yourself in. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, the the posh elf gentleman at the back of the uh, at the back of the room watches you come in and he kinda goes, he goes, Oh! Oh, oh my stars! <laughs> Good day to you! Oh our top business! Oh oh god! Okay! <laughs> Yes, let's talk business. Um, of course. Do you like some wine? Would you like to buy some wine? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Here's our highest end wine for you. And he, he like walks over and he, he like looks and then you see him gonna go. <laughs> and he comes back and it's like bubbling and <laughs> changing colors. And he's like, yes, this is the... Honey Huts wine. <laughs> Do I like it? Um, I think Gorguts probably does, just because, like, even though he's got a good taste for food, I think I did, does bad food bother him or bad tasting? Oh no, he's a very hearty fella. He maybe gets the feeling that this is supposed to offend some people, but it doesn't really bother him. The elf is like sweating, he's like mopping sweat off his brow. <laughs> Do you like it? Oh much. Oh, oh, good. Oh. What else can I do for you, sir? Down to business, eh? I like you. Oh, is this not our business already? Oh. I wish to establish business relationship with you. Oh. Oh, you're a venture capitalist. I am. Of the Gastromancy Guild. I want a guild house here. The House of Arantine is a, a widely known house. You will know that Madam and Sir Amarantine's only son disappeared some years ago, and so they take their business investments very hard. It's a it's a process. Are you sure you're willing to put the, put the paperwork? Alright then! And he pulls out like his giant stack. He's like we have a few open, and, and at this point he's starting to regain his composure a little bit. In, in an he's... apron pocket, Gorguts pulls out this gigantic, at least to everyone else, a monocle, and just starts like, <laughs> very, like, meticulously <laughs> going through all the paperwork. That's a magnifying glass. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he starts detailing, and like now that he's in actual business mode and realizes that you're not just the run-of-the-mill ogre, oh, um, he's starting to kind of get into his group. And so he explains that there's um, seven different locations in Hallowhand where you could potentially set up, like, he, he keeps calling it a restaurant because he doesn't really understand that the Gastromancy Guild is a guild, like a trade profession, and not just like um, a, a restaurant. So he keeps saying restaurant front, 
Um, and but the thing is that each of these locations he describes would fit your guild perfectly. Um, and so you have one that's in the middle of downtown. You've got one that's kind of um, along the outer edges of the walls. A better better chance for like people, new people to the city to come by and see. Um, there's so the one in downtown's more for like um, people who are part of the city to see. People who like love the nightlife and stuff could possibly come in and give some information. There's one that's actually out amongst the vineyards, so there's more of a potential to hire working class people. Um, there's a location um, in the slums area, so more potential for crime, but also more potential for... Four Guts isn't particularly out for like a certain like niche group. He's here for everyone. Everyone must profit. Everyone must have coin coming in. No one should suffer hardship. Belly should be full. Um, if that's the case... I would suggest the one that's, and he points out this one, that's not quite in downtown and not quite at the gates, but it's sort of in the middle. He's like, that's probably your best bet. So you'll get people coming in from the city, you'll get people who know the city. Um, you probably won't see the higher class people, but those aren't, also aren't people who can't afford him. So, <clears throat> it's not to say that the cheapos aren't going to make their way down to get a free meal anyway, but... You know, you don't make a lot of money. You keep spending it all on food. Alright, you. Because you're just like politely tapped. Alright then. Welcome to Halohan, Master Gorguts. Luke. Yes, sir. We are at the temple. You're surrounded by a bunch of priests of Pleth. Um, they've just relayed some news to you. Um, <clears throat> and now they're like, we could really use your help. Um, solving this this um, strange problem we have. <clears throat> See, it seems that we've had a number of people come in recently who've um, they've had some wounds in them that aren't healing. They're not closing up. We've uh, petitioned Pleth himself and he seems very silent on the matter and the rest of us can't really get a, a bead on this but these, these wounds here seem to be uh, some kind of necrotic ritual very recent. Is there anything you can do to help us with this? Did you try rubbing dirt on We haven't tried that yet. Jeffrey, get the dirt! <laughs> uh, someone someone brings dirt and goes into another room and you hear someone go, Oh God, what are you doing? And then he comes back and he says, I didn't do anything. He's just in a lot of pain now. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. Uh, yes. Uh, have you tried using <laughs> uh, Yes, we've, we've tried lesser restoration. It doesn't seem to be... The, the magic that we cast seems to kind of just slide right off of it, and the physical means we use doesn't hold. I, I, you seem to have me at a loss here, boys. I, I, I'm not sure what uh, what we could do next. That's that's alright. Uh, we just we'd hoped that maybe you'd, you'd heard something. Um... It could have something to do with the the some terrible dark ritual was being cast in, in the the northeast, um, and we we a lot of these wounds that we've seen have, have been coming in from um, places that have been known to have a lot of uh, cultish movement, if that makes sense. Um, anyway, if you hear anything about it, will you please let us know? Um, these people don't seem to be dying, and, and the wounds don't seem to be getting worse. But it doesn't look good, and it is causing a lot of pain. You know what's interesting is I, I have a received word about some sort of armor um, 
may have come from the gods. Have you guys heard anything about that? Oh, oh yes, um, of course, the the armor of Osiris, yes. Um, we, we've just heard tell that it's surfaced, uh, all, all, the, all, the whole set, the whole, all the pieces in the northeast, uh, actually. Really? Interesting. Is that all you've heard? So far, yes. From some very vague sources, people who've been keeping an eye out, people that we pay to, to deliver this information to us. Yes, uh, we've just, we've just heard back that, uh, a, a roar of a Dracolich was heard, and... The only Dracolich that we have any knowledge of, as you know, is the Dragon Indipitus. And so that must mean that the armor has been used, and therefore it must have resurfaced. I shudder to think who is using it currently. Interesting. Was anybody searching for it? Or um, any any word on any who may have found it? Or um, anything else like that? Uh, unfortunately... Unfortunately, we we don't know. Um, we don't know that yet. And and actually, one of, there's a scribe that walks into the room as he's saying that, and he's like, "Actually, we just got word." And um, at this point, Tarek, Mira, Smokey, and Gorguts will probably all receive um, similar. Like at some point during your little solo, this isn't synced up words again. Um, but definitely all of you will get word in some way, you'll probably in, in your message box. And this, uh, this scribe is holding out a letter that says, um, there was a group of eight people, um, had been rumored to have stepped into a, a lich's, a scrying network, if you will. Um, that was the same, same group that a lot of you guys had heard about that had been in Harp Cry, um, that they had gone into the Fortress of the Harpy, uh, a group calling themselves the the Jin Liberators, um, and they haven't come back out yet. And it's been uh, a couple days. Um, there was some kind of incredible tidal wave that washed out of the Shigoda Sea uh, here in the northeast and washed away um, all the rivers. It blew through the levees. It just destroyed the land. It washed out the Amarantine Delta destroyed the town of Telandri, uh, flooded the town of Toxandar, uh, and cut the town of Galbadia off from trade routes except through the continent of Dilge. Word is coming from Kaistra that, that people are um, not regaining their powers, but people who had been losing any arcane abilities have suddenly um, felt like they can breathe again. Um, people who've lost their powers are unfortunately <clears throat> still um, unable to perform magical abilities, uh, but they also are in danger of turning into dust. Word from Harp Cry and some of the cities there in the west that the Changelands have begun receiving, or at least from your guys' contacts in those areas. Um, Luke, you're hearing this from the scribe that uh, the Changelands, the, these unnatural mutated, you know, lands have begun to receive. First you thought here, boys, have you considered taking these individuals to uh, another plane of existence to try to heal them there? Um, that's actually not something we've tried yet. Unfortunately, a lot of us don't have the means. Do you have anything you could use to help us with that? Uh, no, but 
I can send word to see if we can find somebody else that uh, could possibly take us into the ethereal plane and maybe try it, a couple other things. Yeah, I could use banishment, right? Yeah, okay. Um, as you're saying that, the guy like breaks out in a cold sweat. He's like, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Okay. <clears throat> Except okay. it wouldn't work because while they're on the other plane, they're incapacitated. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, good. Be a really yeah, cool train. He goes... <laughs> <laughs> we know who had that armor suit. So I remember, we've been told her name and her husband's name before. And Tyrek remembers that. Zanetha. I don't. Zanetha. Zanetha. That's right. <laughs> the scribes at the temple, they don't know who Zanetha is. Well, they probably have heard her name, but they don't know that she's the one who died. Um, because I think that information came from that letter from yeah. um, Oral. And Tyrek, you, an inkling in the back of your mind, um, you've got, and you're pretty sure that Talibas is dead. And dead for good. Um, Tyrek would move to um, you. What's Tyrek doing in okay. Callahan? So instead of going for the high and mighty, Tyrek is going to go around town and talk to the working people. They come into underclass working people and try to get a feel for what their life is like in this town and what things, what what their situation is like and what things they might want to see changed or improved. Okay. Uh, and to make sure that they know that the Iron Vigil is there for them. Not for the government of their city, but for them. Okay. Yeah, I think, um... I'm, I have this really great image in my head of Tyrek, like, walking up to people like, what would you like to see changed around here? And immediately a lot of them are like, what are you, a cop or something? Like, yeah. <laughs> just really, like, mm. <laughs> Um... Which gives you the impression that there is a, a sort of a culture amongst the underclass um, and when you're able to coax a few of them into to kind of revealing a little more, you don't get the impression that they're super unhappy. It's just, it's more of a Hallowhand um, was named after the god Pandalhan. And in that respect, they tend to um, focus very heavily on, at least back in the old days, it was focused very heavily on knowledge and what you knew and what you didn't. So people are very slow to give up at least in the underclasses, they're very slow to give up with knowledge that they do have sort of a, a remnant of, uh, of a past that no longer exists, but except for where it does. And so you're, you're able to convince a few of them, whether by drink or by kindness, you know, whatever it might be. Do you, are you guys traveling with any other like vigil members or like... Yeah, I, like I think Tyrek at least would take a small bit. Probably having them go out and do like service runs and, and right. like that. Um, and so I think it, it takes a little while, but people eventually open up. And, um, and yeah, a lot of them, <laughs> they have complaints that aren't really pertinent. You know, it's, well, you yeah, know. There's going to be a lot of sorting through the, yeah. oh, God, my neighbor's cat. I just can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and a lot of that's people who live and work in the city itself. Once you get out to more of the, the field workers... Um, people who work in the vineyards or, or the farms nearby, um, they tend to be a little more honest. They're still kind of withholding of information, but they're very self-evaluating before they speak, and so they're not just speaking out of malice or jealousy or whatever. Um, the people you find to be the most open are the 
the rangers. Um, there's rangers who actually venture, they take week-long trips out into the gin forest, the Skald's forest, excuse me, to find artifacts or, or things that could be of use to the city. Their main concern is that their, uh, their pay isn't as good as it should be for as dangerous as that forest is. And the, the Jarl, you know, and every Jarl before him has known this. This is a known quantity. It's been a, a constant complaint. They're not sent with the proper gear. They're not sent with, you know, proper knowledge. The way that the forest is, the campsites they have tried to set up, you know, base camps, if you will, tend to disappear um, very quickly after they leave. So even if they were to send a group out immediately after leaving, um, it's not guaranteed that that, that campsite's going to be there. Um, and so this all being said, it's a really kind of a dangerous job because there's a lot of creatures out there and they run into a lot of things and they've had some people die in the past and it doesn't seem like it's uh, an issue high up on anyone's totem pole to be taken care of. And so, uh, and, and when you start, when you get that bit of information and you start to ask some other people like the people who live and work in the city and the people who live and work in the vineyards and things like that, they tend to agree, yeah, those guys work really hard and they're not paid fairly and they're not, they're sort of treated like second-class citizens even compared to the farmers and things like that where, um, and I think because a lot of people that even though they'll buy up magical trinkets or things like that that come back from the Skald's Forest, they're not viewed as a necessary thing and so um, people treat them differently as opposed to like, you know, wine, which isn't necessarily a needed item is still treated um, better than people who bring back magical items or information about themselves. Yes, that is Hallohan. Does anyone have anything else they want to do here, or are you going to kind of keep moving? Do you think the, the Honey Hut Brothers or whatever, do they also go into the business of jars of bees? Make a history. Uh, oh, hell, I get to roll something. That's a beast. Ten. <laughs> Okay, you guys have all met back up now, and Smokey, are you retelling the story about these ridiculous? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Smokey recounts the story of these ridiculous gnomes, and as he's doing so, um, he mentions bees, and um, so go ahead, Chris, and roll history. Luke, since you were the one who owned the jar of bees, why don't you make a history check with advantage? Okay, my history sucks because I'm literally the dumbest person in this group. Natural 20. I did get a nat 20, but... Yeah, absolutely, you recognize there was a symbol on that jar of bees, and it's the same symbol as the oh, the Diarmid brothers. Okay, um, so I, I'm thinking, like, you know, our place Clownhenge, where with the whole uh, business of magic items and, you know, everything else, but over here, wine beer, the honey, the bees and stuff like that, that's gonna be its main money maker over here besides all the food and stuff like that that's what Gorguts is gonna kinda invest in. So I kinda wanna talk this these guys and give me another jar of bees. You wanna buy another bees jar stuff. of bees? I don't wanna buy shit, I wanna convince them to give me another jar of bees What, what do you say to them? These, uh, these wild gnomes Uh, dear friends, I had uh, some bees, uh, earlier on my quest Fucking yeah, you did! Our fucking bees are fucking awesome! Thank you. <laughs> I, 
I've been trying to help uh, spread bees throughout uh, this continent uh, so that they can cross pollinate and do their work. Is there any way that I can acquire maybe one or two jars of bees from you guys? Fucking yeah, cross fucking pollinate, bro. That's so awesome. You can totally have. And then they look, they they like literally duck under their desk for a second. Like you got you got two jars of bees, bro. And they hand you two jars of bees. Thanks, bros. You've been replenished with your bees. You guys are getting ready to leave the city. We're staying overnight or are we leaving? Shouldn't we kind of invest and stay? Or I would assume we're going to stay for the night. Yeah. yeah. I would. I think I would like to. Because it would both give me a chance to spend a bit more time trying to locate the other Warforged. And I've got some stuff I want to put up. Nothing really super eventful happens during the night. The next day rolls around... Um, when you guys come out of the Fantasy Inn, which I never gave a name, you guys come out, there's a, uh, a runner talking to a town crier as he like, starts shouting, you know, hear ye, hear ye, like he's about to do the morning, whatever, the news the for the morning, I guess. Yeah. Um, he says, hear ye all. Uh, and Tyrek, you start receiving message. Mira gets a letter in her box. Raven lands next to Smokey. Um, Luke, you um, also receive uh, an eagle, I guess. Well, or like, I guess maybe one of the, the temple scribes comes and finds you. Um, and Firebelly, of course, gets his exploding letter. Um, because I'm a big fan of this. Uh, and you hear the town crier say, Hear you all! Raylene Kawahara has entered Edgemire and perished! And that's where we will end for tonight. Okay. And he crunches a bottle. And he crunches a bottle.